A widow, about to lose her sons to a death, was desperate for the prophet's help. Her last possession was a jar of olive oil. Elisha told her to collect as many jars as she could. Then, God did more than she could imagine. Get ready to be blessed as we see God's ridiculous provision. Don't you love that deep voice? Doesn't, uh, isn't that uh, really set the stage for our lesson today? We've been, uh, we're grateful for uh, Life Church that puts out some of that stuff for us that we're able to use. And we have been over the last four weeks in a series looking at the life of Elijah. So just to kind of get you caught up to speed, we're looking at kind of the ridiculous faith of this individual that that many miracles were performed through and many things happened in and around his life and a couple of weeks ago um, what we what we saw is is we said we should burn the plow like Elijah does. Um, Elijah uh, was called by God to leave kind of farming instead of just like walking away. He dramatically burns the plow and says, I'm done with that and I'm following God. And as he was a prophet, last week we looked at how we should dig some ditches as he told the people who were, um, he, he felt God's spirit speaking to him and, and the armies were uh, struggling for water. So he told them, dig some ditches and God will fill them up. And he did. So, so today we're going to continue looking at the life of Elijah, this ridiculous faith. And I know that many times when we look at kind of these stories, it can be like, seriously, these are over the top. This is ridiculous. This is not like kind of everyday occurrences that happen to me. And it feels like sometimes it's just like not necessarily all that relatable. We can get into a mindset many times for our lives where we're like, Look at all of the bad things going on in my life. We can get into an attitude where we're like, man, I can't do anything. I don't have anything at my disposal. I wish I had a prophet that would show up and like do amazing things in my life. I don't have that capacity. I don't have that in my life. And so it feels like in some ways the battles that we fight or the struggles that we fight Sometimes it feels like they're lost before we even start because a lot of times it's just right in between our ears that we can't win that battle, which is so much of a struggle looking at the difficult things that are going on in our life. But we understand, and that's what this series is about, that faith gives us a dramatically different perspective. It gives us a different perspective on how to view the world, how to view life, how to view our problems, how to deal with struggles. It gives us a different perspective and a different way to look at it. And so today, again, we're going to look at some ridiculous faith and we're going to look at how we can change our perspective and not just focusing so much on what we don't have but focusing on what God can do through what we do have. So I want to read in 2 Kings chapter 4. Really kind of a touching story. A touching story in the scriptures about a miraculous thing that took place um, through the life of Elisha. So it says this. It says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he, is re he has uh, revered the Lord, 
But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing here at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and, and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't just ask for a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. So she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left. It's a it's kind of a sweet story. It's an interesting story because, you know, it's it's uh, God really taking provisions for this widow. And this woman is is not named in scripture who she is, but her husband was obviously someone who followed God. And many people have have thought maybe this was the prophet Obadiah that is in the scriptures that passed away and uh, left behind a couple of sons and his his widow. And it would be quite possible that a prophet in scripture would leave behind debts and not have a lot to spare because many of these prophets in the Bible, they followed God at the cost, of, you know, financial cost and many different costs and struggles that took place as a result of that. And Obadiah had many other people that he cared for and supported. So it's possible that it was Obadiah, the prophet that's lift, list, lifted in, listed in scripture that is talked about here, but we don't exactly know. But it's a woman who is like, I'm in trouble here. I'm in trouble here because I got debts to pay. And what could take place is my sons could be taken into slavery as a result of my debts. My kids could be taken away. This is not just a small problem, right? If this is your life, this is a major issue. Can you imagine your kids' lives are at stake? What are you going to do? And I could, I could imagine being in that moment completely and totally desperate and thinking it's hopeless. This woman really didn't have much of an opportunity or way to, to raise the money as many widows did in that day. They didn't have, didn't have great job opportunities for women in that culture. In fact, you know, many times the community would support those widows and support people like that. So what do you do? What do you do in this instance? And so it's, it's an incredible little miracle here because it's like God is caring for this, this widow and, and providing the needs in this amazing, profound way where she gets all of the – she has just a little bit of oil and she pours it out and it fills up and she has plenty to spare. But I think that there's important spiritual lessons that each of us can reflect on. I understand and, – and a lot of these stories were like, man, wow. Amazing, ridiculous, incredible miracle. Uh, how does that relate to me? Many of these stories in scripture we see are even patterns that unfold that teach really important spiritual truths. And we also believe God is the God that can say, 
let there be light and let light come into the world. And so these things are kind of small for God to do and God can do those. But there's, there's a real important lesson of faith that is contained in, in these words and in this story. And this woman is someone that you could probably relate to as far as the way she's thinking, as far as the perspectives that she has. She says right there in, in, in verse 2, she says, I got nothing. I got nothing. She says, what, what do you have? What do you have that could help you out of this situation? She's like, I got nothing at all, except I got, I guess I got a little bit of oil. And that's something. Oil is something. It was valuable. It's used for cooking. It's used for, you know, uh, uh, all kinds of different things. And actually, spiritually speaking, in the Old Testament, it was used to anoint people and, and represent the Holy Spirit in many ways, saying, this is the Spirit of God that is coming upon you. And, 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 and really, uh, an incredible picture that is given. So she had something. But her first inclination and her first response is, I really have nothing except a little bit of oil. And maybe you've been in this place where you're kind of like, don't have much except maybe this little thing. Don't have many answers except just this tiny little, little maybe opportunity or window or, or something that I have. But sometimes except feels very, very small. Here we go. Are we ready for like uh, this is this is a very eye rolly kind of cheesy little line right here. Everybody get your eyes ready to roll. We have some teenagers in the room that can be an example for us uh, if you need any help with this. But are you ready? You ready for this line? Okay. Except can be exceptional with God. All right. Go ahead. Roll roll the eyes. Go ahead, everybody. All right. Uh, Gabby, you got us? You help us out a little bit here? Uh, anybody over here? Thank you. I knew my daughter would come through. Um, she is good at that. Except can be exceptional with God. Hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Moving past, you know, the cheesiness of the statement, I want us to really think about the fact that, that when we just have just a little bit, I just only have this except I got this it's something and it's a moment that God can do something really exceptional in your life I think there are moments in time where our faith is pushed our faith is tested where we have a question of are we going to trust in this moment that just kind of having a little bit is enough having just a little bit is going to be okay when God enters this equation because sometimes when we have plenty and this is probably something that marks our time and our culture when we have a lot maybe there's not much need for trusting and looking to God maybe there's not much of a need to to ask God for help when I got plenty to pay off my debts and my kids aren't going into slavery maybe some of you would be like I'm good with my kids going into slavery. Um, but 
What, we, we got a volunteer over here? We got, okay, all right, all right. Anybody need any uh, yard work done? Uh, Zach will send a, a, a few of his eight over uh, to help you at your house. But, but, but sometimes when we have everything, there isn't that moment in time where we really have to say, God, I need to draw closer. God, I need you. And it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how the scripture works. And I think this is how God works. There's a lot of times in my life where I wish God would give like just a little bit more. Maybe even in the Bible, I wish God would give a little more answers. Just just a little bit more detail. He would just say, hey, you know, this is exactly how it worked out. Like the beginning of the scripture, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You'd think, and it talks about a little bit more detail than that, but you'd think, why don't you give us a little bit more to go off of other than just that? That's it? Is that enough? And there are times where it just feels like we don't have enough. And let's be clear. This story and many others are demonstrating to us that what you've been given with God is enough. It is enough. It is enough uh, information. You have all the information you need in Scripture to be able to have a relationship with God. You have enough in this moment to see through the struggles and difficulties you're facing when you draw near to God. And so it is an important principle for us to just stop for a second and say, huh. I don't know that I have enough. Maybe I need to draw closer to God to try to figure out how to get through this moment. So so what should we do when we feel like we don't have enough? This is a, a regular feeling that comes up in our life. And we'll see the two things that this woman did. First of all, she 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 was told she said, go, go get some jars. Go get some jars. Go gather what you have, and not only just what you have, but go and gather all of the things that you can, you know, all the resources, all the people around you. Gather it together and get it all together. Go get some jars together. Gather what you have. And maybe that is the start of kind of changing our mindset. Maybe that's the start of our faith kind of starting to grow and blossom when we feel like we don't have enough. Is starting to look around and say, what is it that I do have? What is it that I have right now that God has given me? What, what should I be thankful for? What should I be grateful for? What are things that have happened in my life that are in my life that are gifts from God? Just plainly gifts from God. So grateful. Because, because the opposite of that is such an insidious, difficult thing. It's, it, it, it's the, the sin of coveting. Coveting is something that in, it's one of the Ten Commandments. It just kind of talks about, hey, looking around the world and looking at what other people have and wishing I had what they had. If I had what they had, then it would be enough. If I looked like they looked, then it would be enough. If I had, you know, if I had that much money, then it would be enough. And we live in a world that coveting seems like it's maybe one of our national pastimes, right? Isn't it? 
Isn't it one of our national pastimes just to look around and see what everybody else has and then say, that's what I want. And when I have that, that will be enough. And the scripture warns against that. Because what happens when we look around and we're just wishing we were someone else or had what somebody else had, we don't look to God and we don't remember what God has already provided. We're not grateful for what God has already given us. And there can be times as well that we look around and think, if we just have more stuff, everything will be okay. Instead of asking God, what is right in front of me? What are the resources right in front of me that God has built into me, that has given me? What are the things that God has given you an opportunity to, to, to live into and, and, and help you in your life? Because if you have the feeling like you don't have enough to whatever's going on in your life, whatever struggle you're facing, start with asking, what is it that you have? What is, what is it that, like, except I have this, except I have this. What is that in your life? You know, if we look around and, and, and think about the problems that we have and, and, and look at kind of the resources God has given us, we can add up a list that is, that is pretty amazing. And it sounds like this woman who didn't think she had enough, she, she, she had some resources, she looked and asked her friends for some jars, and the only requirement was they were empty jars. She got a bunch of jars, different shapes, different sizes, but, the but they were just all empty jars. What is it that God has put in your life that could be a resource for you when you don't feel like you have enough? Maybe your church. Maybe your close friends. Maybe some talents that God has given you, resources that God has given you, opportunities that God has given you that you can walk into and start saying, man, does it feel like I have enough? But maybe I should look around and see that there is a lot around me that can help me. It's actually a... Um, Little side note, little leadership lesson for some of you who are, are leaders at, at work. All of us are kind of leaders in our family and, and, and in different regards. But a, a little side note leadership lesson is one thing that I love to see in people that are volunteering or maybe somebody that I want to work with or somebody that I lead is, is when I see somebody do a lot with a little, that's the type of person that gets my attention. Somebody that like doesn't need a ton of like resources or stuff or anything like that just says, hey, I, I got a little bit here. I'm going to put it together. I'm going to I'm going to figure this out a little bit. That is the type of person that I think is true, proving trustworthy to be a leader. In our own life, we have to say, OK, maybe I don't have everything that everybody else has. But what I have right here, right now, I'm going to thank God for it and say, okay, how can, how, how can I use these resources that God has already provided for me to move forward? And that's what this woman does. We see this in many, many places in scripture. It would be easier if the Bible just said, don't worry about it. You don't have anything. 
God's just going to show up and just do a miraculous thing. Look at your doorstep and here's a bunch of money that will take care of all your debts. But it's interesting how God does this very regularly. He says, hey, you got a little bit. So let's start with that. Let's start with what you have. Let's start with that and, and, and let's see where we can go from here. Just like in the New Testament when Jesus starts with like a small little meal given from a boy, you know, donated by a boy. And he gives thanks, breaks it and shares it with everyone and everyone is fed. There's there's uh, uh, stories in the Old Testament about how this little guy, little kid named uh, David. It looks at a giant and defeats a giant and actually puts a kind of stop to this terrorizing that was taking place with the Israelites. There's lots of times in the scripture says that you should just even a mustard seed of faith is something that can grow up into something big and important. And so there's this principle that we see in scripture in many, many different times where it's not where God says, you know what? You don't do anything or you don't have anything. It's like, take what you have right there and see what I can do when I'm a part of it, when I'm a part of that equation. So if you're looking around and saying the problem and the struggle that I'm dealing with seems like it is too much and I don't have enough, think it's good to start gathering some jars. Start start. Looking at what you do have. Start looking at the opportunities and the moments that God has right now in front of you. And the second thing that we see this woman does and she's commanded to do is not just gather all these jars and get what she has and use the resources that are at her disposal. But it says, pour it out. Pour the oil. Pour the oil. Begin pouring the oil into these other jars. Pour out what you have and see what takes place. Could you imagine if she said, this is all I have. This is all I have. I'm not going to pour this out. I need to just keep it right here in the jar that I have. And I don't want anything to touch this. I don't want anything to, to, to hinder this. I'm just going to keep this close to me. And this is all I have. And so that's, I'm not going to do anything with it. But instead, she's asked to pour it out. And I think that there is something, there is a spiritual picture to it here where she pours it out, gives it up. And again, I look to kind of this symbol of this oil, which represents the Holy Spirit, where it says, hey, use this, pour this out and see what takes place next. And the jars just keep filling up and filling up and filling up. Until she has more than she needs. So the question maybe sometimes for us, if we're talking about the realm of faith, we're talking about having a different perspective with the problems that we have is, is are we willing to give it over to God? Are we willing to step into a place where the little that we have, that we're willing to say, God, I'm going to trust you with what I have. Instead of just holding on to it for myself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it over to you. I'm going to pour it out and I'm going to trust that you are going to take care of the rest. You know, I'm always inspired. I'm always inspired by, uh, 
the, the two congregations that are um, daughter churches or are connected with us um, are two Spanish-speaking congregations um, that, that are connected with us. One is here in Aurora and one is in uh, McCook, Nebraska. Because, because what happens to me a lot of times is I look around and, hey, hey, we're a smaller church. And sometimes it's like you're looking at your resources and you're thinking, man, I wish we had a little bit more. I wish we had a little bit more of money, a little bit more volunteers, a little bit more stuff here. What, what could we do if we had just a little bit more? Wouldn't it be awesome if we had, you know, our own building? Or wouldn't it be awesome if we had kind of this figured out and just a little bit more? And a lot of times I get into the mentality of thinking, God, man, this could be really good. Just, I need, we just, we just need a little bit more. And just kind of, kind of that kind of mentality that, that oftentimes creeps into all of our thinking. And what solves me of this, or what the remedy of this, is always our Spanish groups. Our Spanish congregations that uh, have, have gotten started out of our ministry. And, and, um, I often am participating and helping them out with different things, and I'm on the phone, and I was calling our leader of our Aurora group this week and had some conversations with him. His name is Moises Gomez, and, and, and they always have different things going on. They always have a lot less money than we do. They're always trying to figure out how to pay rent, how to do the next thing. But also what they always do is they always send money down to some churches that they have that they support in Mexico. And I'm always, whenever I get into a place where I'm thinking, man, I, we don't have enough. I don't have enough. I always need to go hang out and talk with people that seem to do so much more with so much less. And I think that there's something that is really important that, that probably people in our culture and our world need to hear and know is that there are some of the most vital, spirit-filled, amazing ministries and churches around the world are in places where they don't have a couple of dimes to rub together. That is something that I've learned and seen and just quite frankly, I've just been convicted by that. It's something that makes me feel guilty as a, as a pastor personally. Because there's so many times where I wish there was a little bit more. Wish there was more. But the churches that oftentimes have the littlest, their, their worship and their praise is maybe the most powerful. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's the people and the churches and the places that are at the most desperate that those are the people that come forward the quickest and say, baptize me because I need God's intervention. And so, in my mind and in my heart, when I get to a place where I'm starting to think I don't have enough, I try to hang out with people like Moises in my life that inspires me, encourages me to say, hey, what do you have? What are you doing with what you already have in front of you? Faith really is an exercise in giving up control. That's what people of incredible faith are people who are saying, I don't know exactly how this is going to work out or exactly what resources are going to be at my disposal. 
but I'm willing to give up control. I'm willing to pour out what I have. I'm willing to gather all the resources I have and trust God that you will do something different in my life. These are the people that see acts of just incredible, ridiculous faith that comes and pours out. Remember the first time I met Moises? Moises, uh, again, the pastor of our Spanish church, is I had a friend that was friends with him, and he said, you know what, I think that Moises is struggling. He had led a church, and there was some things that had taken place, and he said, listen, he's a friend of mine, and I have a little bit of money that I feel like God is wanting me to, you know, uh, give with him and share with him and his ministry and help his family, but I don't want him to know it's me. So would you, like, take this check and meet this guy, have lunch with him, meet him, he's a great guy, and give him the check just anonymously. Give him this money. I said, okay. I, I'm pretty good at going and handing out money to other, pe other people's money to people. And so I was like, that sounds great. Sounds great. I'll do that. So I met at Armadillo Mexican Restaurant over on uh, uh, Mississippi, and I met somebody that I met, never met before, Moises Gomez, and he walked in, and, and um, we sat down, and we had, uh, you know, had some, had some tacos or whatever, I don't remember what we ate, and I said, listen, I know you don't know me, and you're wondering why we're having lunch together, but, you know, I'm pastor in the area, wanted to meet you, and I have this for you. And he looked at it, and he's like, what the, what, what's going on? And he just kind of folded up the envelope, put it in his pocket, and we connected and had no idea that, you know, like, this would begin a multi-year friendship and multi-year partnership and something that has changed and transformed my personal faith. And we've uh, been able to be friends for all of these years as a result of that interaction. But it was sometime later, and actually years later, that he told me, you, you realize, remember that first time we went to Armadillo? I was like, yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? I said, yeah. He said, you gave me a check. And he's like, I was like, yeah, I did. He's like, what the, what, what was that all about? And I kind of told him the background story. He said, you know what? That day, like, that was the exact amount of money that I needed and was praying for. Because I had all these different things going on in my life. And I prayed to God and asked God. And it was the exact amount of money that I prayed for. And you showed up and called me that day and took me out and gave me that check. I'm like, that's pretty cool. But it, I've experienced and had stories like that. This is not all that different, right? Then this woman that poured out the oil and the oil filled up and... I was amazed to look at how God cares about widows. God cares about people like Moises that are faithful and trying to serve God but don't have an answer as to what is taking place. God does move in this way still when people say, you know what? I'm going to have a little bit of faith. I'm going to gather some jars. I'm going to pour out the oil. I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to do what God asked me to do. You know what? Maybe you are somebody that somebody's knocking on the door saying, do you got a jar? Maybe that's you. That was me at Armadillo Restaurant at, uh, several years ago. I was the one handing, it, handing out that check. It wasn't my money, though. Uh, but 
which is a little bonus. God. Um, one handing out that check. Maybe there's somebody in your life that is coming to you and saying, somebody got a jar, empty jar. Or maybe it's you that is looking around and saying, I don't got anything. Just a little bit of oil. When we trust and rely in God, God shows up in incredible ways. Will you be a person that steps out and sees things like this happen in your life? Has ridiculous trust in God, draws closer to God when things are more and more confusing. I've noticed over the past couple of years that like it feels like COVID has become an excuse for everything in life. And I was even meeting with a group of pastors this past week, and we're all like talking about how COVID has ruined everything. And I walked away from that meeting, and I was reflecting on this message, and I was just ask, had to ask myself once again, you know what? Maybe, maybe the circumstances of my life, of course, they're bad, and of course, we're sorrowful for all the things that are going on, but maybe I need to stop and ask myself is... What step of faith do I need to take in this unique time? Maybe because my life is different right here and right now, maybe I need to draw closer to God. Maybe I need to reflect and change things a little bit in my life because everything is different than what it was before. Maybe I need more faith and this difficult time could draw me closer to God instead of me looking around and just making excuses and saying, don't have enough, don't have enough, don't have enough. All these problems, all these problems. Maybe for you, it could be a moment where faith grows in your life. And you call out to God. You ask God to show up. I want to take a moment and pray. I want to pray that your faith would grow. Would you join me in prayer? God, There are so many times in life where we say, I don't have enough. But being a person of faith, we recognize that we always have enough with you. So God, I'm sure each of us in this room can think of something in our life where we'd say, I don't have the answer. Something where that we would say, I need help. So God, we want to follow and learn from the spiritual lessons of this story. 
Say thank you for what you have given us. Thank you that you are enough. And God, we pour it out, give it over to you. I want to invite you to just take a moment right now and just thank God for the things he has given you. Thank God for the people in your life. The opportunity you have to be a part of a church family. The resources he's given you. Thank God for those things. you to take a moment and just say, God, I give it all over to you. I trust that with what I have in you in my life, that it is enough. If it's peace you long for, ask God for peace. If it's forgiveness that you need, ask God for forgiveness. If it's some kind of financial resource or some kind of need that you have, ask God for help. God, you are more than enough. We thank you for this time together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, right now as we transition into our time of communion, it's really important for us to Reflect on this message. Because in any of these prophetic miracles that take place, I think there's important lessons for each of us to learn. And you see another thread that goes through this. The woman who had a debt that couldn't be paid off, God showed up and paid the debt for her. God's spirit showed up and gave her everything she needed to save her, her kids to pay that debt. God's grace is amazing. So as we conclude our service today, we gather around this table once again and reflect on the debt that's been paid on our behalf. We reflect on the miraculous thing that God did for us to save us from our sins. We have a debt that could never be paid. We're sinners. 
We've fallen short of God's glory. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. And so he went to the cross and sacrificed himself for our sins to say, your debt is paid. Put your faith in me. Trust me that I am enough. And so today we gather around this table recognizing and realizing that we have experienced this very miracle in our life if we would just receive that. That the debt's been paid for us. So if you'd like to participate in communion with us, it's an act of us remembering and solidifying what God has done in our life. We invite you to come forward and get one of these trays and we'll take the items together. But the the, the act of faith and the, the step of faith that's required to make this more than just Walmart bread and juice is for you to say, God, I receive your forgiveness. God, I want you to come into my life. God, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. God, show up in my life because I can't do this alone. And when you do, God is faithful every single time. If you wonder if God still does miracles, there is a miracle that God has promised he will do every time you call on the name of the Lord. If you say, God, save me and forgive me, every single time he will answer that prayer and forgive you of your sins. So I invite you, if you'd like to, to come and get the elements and you can go back to your seat and we'll take those elements together. If you'd like to come, you may come.